Mr. Brown, Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense, based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Carter Brown to bring you another of my books. A story called Crime for a King, in which a private detective, Roger King, is embroiled in a batch of bewildering events. Normally a private eye knows all about his assignment, but in this case our hero is in the dark, which naturally enough makes it hard for him to see where he's going. But he can tell it better than I can, so I'll hand over to Roger King. There was an east wind driving past the car. Behind the wheel of the Dodge, I had to pull up my coat collar. I lit another cigarette and kept my eyes on the road and the car in front of me. The car which contained Miss Elise St. Crease, whom it was my job to follow. About three quarters of an hour out of town, the road swung round in a bend. When I came round it, I saw the Packard had pulled into the side of the concrete. And a hefty character in chauffeur's uniform waved me to a stop. I wound the window down as he approached. Good evening. Good evening. Miss St. Crease would like to speak to you. And who is Miss St. Crease? My dear sir, if you have not been following us for the last 25 miles, it must be my mistake. Just drive on and forget it. But if I am right, then you know who she is. And we can forget the pretenses. Okay, fair enough. I'll have a word with the lady. Good evening. Hello. You are the private detective, I presume. A snooper is probably the word you're looking for. Who do you snoop for? Around this time of the year, Santa Claus. Now, what are you expecting in your stocking, apart from a luscious limb? Is wit a necessary accompaniment of your profession? Oh, not really. We throw it in as an extra. You have not answered my question. I have a client who pays good dough for me to trail you. Why should I tell you his name? Because I am curious. Because I don't like being followed around. That's too bad. I don't think I like your attitude. You look like becoming a nuisance. Oh, you'll get used to me after a while. Hey, let's ride in your car and save the juice in mine, huh? What do you say? I say that you begin to bore me. Johnny? Of course. Hey, what? Too late, my friend. <clears throat> Something belonging to the chauffeur, probably his fist, came across my head and I lost interest in the proceedings. When I came round, I was sitting behind the wheel of my car with a headache and without the ignition key. The hulking chauffeur must have tossed it in the bushes. But I'd been caught that way before, and I kept a spare in the glove box. As I drove back in the direction of the city, which contained my apartment, which contained my bed, which would contain me as soon as I could get to it, the only thought in my mind was that my client wouldn't be happy about this. It was about three in the morning when I was climbing gratefully into the sheets... When suddenly... Roger King. So glad you got home safely. Did you walk? No, I cut a hole in the floorboards of the car and pedaled it home. It's nice to know that you have not lost that quaint sense of humor. That smack on the cranium has improved it. Uh, tell that chauffeur of yours that next time we meet, I'll try and do the same thing for him. Would that be wise? After all, he is so much bigger than you. How did you get my name and phone number? I would have thought that you could have deduced that. 
You were unconscious, weren't you? And in your pocket was your wallet, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Tell me, is there any point of this conversation, or you just like talking to me? I don't like talking to you at all, Mr. King, but this once it is necessary. You receive very mild treatment tonight. Next time it could be much, much nastier. Are you threatening me, my elegant Elise? I can hardly hold the receiver. I'm trembling so badly. Very funny. This is my last warning, King. Find something else to do. And tell whoever has employed you why. Otherwise, you might wake up one morning and find yourself dead. Well, well. Now, just what the devil can all that mean? I rose refreshed but resentful. And I had an idea that my client, Mr. Polvey, was going to be resentful, too. It was about 10 o'clock when I presented myself at the offices of Overseas Enterprises Incorporated and asked the pulsating platinum blonde secretary to announce me. Come in, King. Well, have you anything to report this morning? In a short word, no. What do you mean by that? I followed her car, then I was hailed by a chauffeur. She made it clear she didn't like being followed. The chauffeur made it even clearer by slugging me over the skull. When I came to, they and their car had gone. So you don't know where she went? You're right on the ball this morning. See here, King. I'm not paying you for rudeness. I'm paying you for results, of which I appear to receive none. Just remember that it's one thing to trail someone who's using the subway, but quite another thing to trail someone who travels in a chauffeur-driven Packard. That was your problem, and you don't seem to have tackled it very competently. I shall have to find someone who can carry out an assignment without falling down on it. Does that mean I'm fired? In a short word, yes. Well, it doesn't exactly come as a surprise. How about my dough? I shall have my secretary draw you a check. $150 covers it, I think. A lot of money to pay for nothing. But you're not paying me for nothing, Polby. You're paying for the privilege of discharging me. There was a restaurant on the ground floor of the building, and so I decided to step in for a cup of coffee. I'd hardly taken my first sip when a familiar, creamy voice fell on my ears. Do you mind if I share your table? Well, well, Miss St. Crete's herself. And what are you doing here? Asking if I can share your table. Well, it's a free country, or so the rumor goes. How was Mr. Polvey this morning? Not very happy. He fired me. He thought private eyes should all have steel skulls, and because I hadn't got one, I must be masquerading under false pretenses. That's too bad, Mr. King. Oh, stop it. Your sympathy unmans me. In a minute, I'll be weeping salt tears into my good cup of coffee. I'm glad you didn't have to walk home. Oh, that's past history. Now, if I was still working for Polvey, I should be worried about letting you trail me to his office. But as I am now unemployed, I couldn't care less. I wonder... Why, Polvey had me followed. Does that wad of dough you've just dropped casually on the table wonder too? Yes, you could say it does. Much as I hate to pass up the chance of some folding money, I don't know. All I know is that Polvey hired me to follow you. He didn't tell me who you were or why he wanted tabs kept on you. All he told me was that you were going to that party last night and I was to take it from there. As you know, I didn't take it very far. In fact, my work for Polvey might be summed up in three words. Hired, tired, fired. Well, thank you for being honest anyway. You're not leaving the money lying there, are you? Honesty is so rare that it's for free. You misunderstand me. That money is a retainer. Retainer? For, for what? For watching Mr. Polvey. I am hiring you to find out as much as you can about him. Where do I report back to? I shall call at your office every morning at ten. Any other questions, Mr. King? Only one. 
Am I crazy or is everybody else? That is not what I am paying you to find out. You will start on your assignment immediately, of course. Well, not till round five this afternoon. Why not at once? Because the quickest, easiest, and best way to find out about Polvey is to trail his platinum blonde secretary. Oh, Not to mention the fact that following her will give me something interesting to look at on the way. Yes. Oh. It's Mr. King. Hi, beautiful. What do you want? Well, since you ask, uh, <clears throat> what are you doing for dinner tonight? I'm flattered, Mr. King. Don't tell me you came all the way out here just to ask me to dinner. That's a fact. And how did you know where I lived? Simple. I followed you. Well, in the face of that, what can I say? I have an engagement for dinner tonight, but come in and have a drink anyway, Mr. King. Just call me Roger, huh? Miss, uh... Oliver. Marcia Oliver. This way, Roger. Hey, quite a place you have here, Marcia. I like it. This is the living room. Mm. Uh, will you have a martini? You don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> Try the lounge. I find it very comfortable. Thanks. Hey, you're right. It is, and big enough for two. You're getting a little ahead of yourself, aren't you, Roger? We're only at the drinking stage. Here you are. Thanks. I drink to a very beautiful girl. <laughs> Who am I to call you a liar? Good luck. You mix a masterly martini. Oh, thank you. And how's the private detecting business? Booming, in spite of the brush-up I had from your boss this morning. Oh, that was too bad. He seemed to be in a very bad temper all day. Uh, tell me, what do Overseas Enterprises Incorporated do for a living? Import, export. Fine stuff, mostly. Jewelry, antiques, and so on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, are you ready for another martini? Thanks. Your version really has a kick in it. I've never had one martini hit me that hard before. <laughs> Maybe you've just got a weak head. Not normally, but right now, I feel something like the morning after two nights before. Maybe you'd better not have any more. Maybe I'd better not. That one seems... Can I just... A Mickey Finn... You gave me a Mickey martini. <laughs> I think it's kind of appropriate. Dope for a dope? Uh, you, you... Oh. Morning, Mr. King. How you feeling? Awful. Take those panel beaters out of my head. <laughs> Hey, in this bed, it's, it's moving. It's not a bed, Mr. King. It's a bunk. What? And the reason it's moving is because we're at sea. At sea? That's right, Mr. King. Hey, who... Who are you? My name's Harris. I'm the skipper of this yacht. Shanghai. I'm being... Taken for a little cruise. To the Caribbean. Hey. Hey, now, wait a minute, I'm Harris. I'm afraid we can't, Mr. King. We've been underway now for some hours. Well, what's the idea? Simply that the owner of this yacht feels that ten days in the Caribbean would do you a lot of good. Well, who's the owner? I'm not at liberty to tell you that, I'm afraid. Hey, but I don't want to spend ten days in the Caribbean. 
I'm sorry about that. But you don't seem to have any choice, do you? <laughs> 